Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of HB Critical. It's a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I am uh, Jarrell, and I am joined by Brandon. Hey, yo, what's up? And a new special guest, George. Hey, welcome in, everyone. Um, this is George, aka McMuffins23, and uh, I'm looking forward to this episode today. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about today. There's we been do. a lot in gaming, but before I before I go into all of that, we may be joined by Christy at some point. She's running a little bit late. We will not have a game tonight. Um, so just in case anyone who's wondering where they are, that is why Christy should be here soon. Gabe is going to be out, and Kelly is unfortunately still out for uh, the foreseeable future, but hopefully we will get her back soon. In the meantime, I think we should hop into straight into some... Well, no. I'm sorry. Before we do that, um, George, do you want to give a little introduction of like who you are and um, you know what what you're what you're what you're doing within the industry as far as your YouTube channel goes? Sure. Um, so I'm McMuffins23. So at the moment, my uh, main focuses so far are to create content. Um, it's a newly found passion of mine that I have been wanting to get better at. I'm not gonna lie. It's a uh, it's a tough medium to get into, but uh, that that's the whole point of growth and, you know, taking on the journey. So um, right now I'm mainly doing Twitch, uh, just doing variety content. Um, I want to kind of get into the space of being able to talk about different topics and things like that. So, you know, that, that there's an interest in that. But right now, mainly I just do variety gaming and, and we get into different ventures like, you know, um, trying out um the the newest games we also sometimes go backwards and play some of the older stuff as well because you you know you got to have that balance but um you know and uh within the industry itself uh, i am mainly a consumer at the moment so like i play games you know i kind of give my thoughts about them um i kind of build an opinion around what's out there and you know and and i think it's time to evolve into some of that medium where like you kind of get deeper into the the whole spectrum of you know what's going on in the gaming industry one last question. What's your favorite genre? My favorite genre, honestly, is um, action and adventure, mainly because of games like God of War. You know, like God of War on the PlayStation 2 is um, one of the games where I brought up my gaming a lot out of. You know, like I play those games multiple times, like I beat them in the hardest mode. Um, so that's given me a lot of perspective into just, you know, solitary gaming. Although lately I have been exploring doing more um, collaboratory gaming, like with Overwatch 2. Um, Warzone, you know, some Valorant, things like that, like just kind of venturing into um, doing that side of gaming as well, because it's not all, you know, just single player at the end of the day. So speaking of things that are not all single player, that's actually a really bad segue, but I'm going to go ahead and start uh, talking about, uh, about gaming. Well, so something that is not single player, and well, actually, I guess that is now single player is no longer multiplayer is G4 TV. We've uh, talked about it before. <laughs> Oh no, I think my, hold on, I think my, I think my computer just did something weird. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, I can uh, still hear you. Oh no. I can, yeah. Oh, he can't hear us. Oh no. Yeah, he cannot hear us at all. <laughs> no, I, I, can hear, I can hear you, but the audio is now coming from my computer and not my, uh, Headphones. Oh, are you sure your headphones didn't disconnect? Um, check your, don't check your headphones. No, no, they are. It's not my headphones. It's Discord. Because oh, gotcha. Discord literally just told me what's happening. Uh, and this is why I dislike Discord. Once again, I'm not a Discord fan. Uh, so give me two seconds. Um, in the meantime... Oh, got it. Here we go. Uh, headphones. 
Okay. Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yep. All right, perfect. That is wonderful. George, I'm not a Discord fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things about Discord that, I mean, I think that's a, like, a separate discussion on its own, you know, like the entire thing about Discord, but... It is, but um, so yeah, G4 TV is now shutting down almost a year after its relaunch. Uh, there was a wonderful, well, not wonderful. There was a very sad piece that was uh, put out. Uh, it was a memo, a full memo to the team, which uh, Deadline had obtained from a specific source that was just saying that uh, G4 TV uh, was reintroduced last year to tap into the popularity of gaming. They invested to create the new G4 as an online and TV destination for fans to be entertained, be inspired, and connect with gaming content. And over the past several months, they've worked hard to generate interest in G4, but viewership is low and the network has not achieved sustainable financial results. Uh, this is certainly not what we had hoped for, and as a result, we've made the very difficult decision to discontinue G4's operation effective immediately. I know this is disappointing news, and I'm disappointed too. I want to thank you and everyone on the G4 team for the hard work and communication to the network. Um, and then it goes on to talk a little bit more about, you know, just apologies and what happens next and all this sad stuff. But, um, Brandon. Yes. I wanted to talk to you first because... I don't know if you remember that I said that I don't think there's a space for G4 TV in the current atmosphere of gaming. And I was looking to see how well they would do based on that. And we've talked a little bit about how I've been uninterested in the content on, and I, and I don't want this to sound like I'm ragging on them because this is really horrible. A lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of people, once again in the gaming industry, found out that they lost their jobs via tweets. Um, <laughs> which is always a really bad thing exactly. to happen. Uh, but I think basically what I said kind of, and I want your opinion on this, and of course George yours as well, but I think basically what I said is kind of what happened here, and it was just not getting the viewership, it didn't get its placehold in 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 current media, and it just wasn't taking off as it, as it should have, and it it just wasn't, it didn't have an identity, I think, is what the issue was with G4 TV, personally for me, and I didn't see it um, being able to continue on in the vein that it was, and it looks like it couldn't, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, so I thought a lot about, you know, after hearing this announcement, and I have actually thought about what you had said when uh, G4 had originally come back a year ago. And I, too, was curious to see if it would be able to return in its current form. And obviously the numbers speak for themselves. Like, they, it says right there on the paper that the viewership was low, and which led to its ultimate cancellation. And thinking about it now, I think G, the reason why G4 and its programming that it provided was important back in the day, because... The internet was still very young during that time. If you really wanted to get some, like, really hard-hitting news on, you know, video game or other stuff in the, quote, nerd culture, G4 was kind of your main destination. X-Play was very important during the decade that it was active for people who were into gaming and, uh, you know, all the other stuff, miscellaneous stuff that's attached to it. And then eventually it died. And I think it died because it, at the time it couldn't adapt to what was uh, the rapidly changing media that was gaming media like you know uh more magazines like game informer and ign were moving into youtube and stuff like that and, and ex unfortunately a lot of gamers just weren't interested in, a lot of gamers cut the cords that's just just how it is especially in the advent of streaming services these days so g4 tried to combat that with modern stuff you know they try to come back on both tv and youtube to try to like adapt to it but unfortunately like i said i don't think it, it just Unfortunately, I think it's time has passed. Like, the fact that it revived, it put a valiant effort. There was, as someone who was watching at least the X-Play portion for most of the year that it was back, 
I can I can tell you they worked their ass off to try to get some really good content for that uh, website. You know, reviews, features, unique videos here and there. Some skits here and there, like they do used to back in the day. But unfortunately, it just wasn't there. Like it's it's it, it was mostly pandering to nostalgia. But most people, I think, in the gaming industry have just moved on. And G four was probably like was like a flash in the pan for maybe a few weeks after it came back. But ultimately, it was unfortunately doomed to failure. It does make me sad. I really was. Um, a fan of what X-Play was returning to being, but uh, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there for the general audience. So, George, before I ask your opinion on the same matter, um, Nathan Grayson had a Washington Post article um, that I have not read yet, but he did have a little tweet about it in which he said, quote, bigger story on why G4 failed coming soon. But for now, a major theme is failure to acclimate to the YouTube Twitch era despite desperation to fit in. Former employees tell me some major content creation uh, creators, excuse me, charge daily rates of $25,000 to $30,000, which was un uh, unsustainable. Um, which makes sense because if you can't acclimate and you're, you know, trying to get people on charging you $25,000 to $30,000 for a day's yeah. appearance, you're just not, it's not going to be sustainable. But um, yeah, George, same thing. Uh, do you have a history with G G4? Um, and if not, or if so, how does this affect you? Uh, what Are you sad to see it go? Is it something that you thought was an inevitability? Look, listen, when I was um, growing up, you know, back in the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube era, it was just amazing to tune into G4 and be able to see all of the content that they had. You know, like they had the one show, I forget what the name is, where they provided like all the cheat codes. They showed you how to beat the games. You know, they showed you like strategies that you could do to like um, try to overcome some of the more difficult areas that they knew, like, you know, needed some help. Um, they had X-Play. They had, um, you know... They, they had a variety of shows that were just completely oriented more towards gaming. And then they had a little bit of content here and there that they splashed in that also kind of supplemented that, you know, teenager kind of mentality that was, you know, more towards like the gearing of, of their showing. And then things like Ninja Warrior, things like, uh, you know, like a whole bunch of other shows that had nothing to do with gaming started to pop in into G4. And, and I think that that parasite of um, just sucking off viewership is what eventually drove the platform down. In my personal experience, I stopped watching once, like, the amount of showing that they had was not gaming at all, you know. And, and so I started to kind of disconnect from it, and I started to, um, you know, use the internet more to obtain all of my gaming news, cheat codes, stuff like that, you know, like experiences, reviews on games. I mean, X-Play was an amazing show, you know what I mean? Like, X-Play was probably one of, like, the, the best review shows I have ever seen because they, they dove in, and they dove in hard into you know, what games were about and, and they kind of um, gave you like a different spin into, you know, how you really look at a game. To be quite honest, I didn't even know that G4 came back until like very recently, like six months ago or so, mm. where, I mean, I had no idea. When I heard G4 is making a comeback with um, Kevin Pereira, I was like, wait, G4 is coming back? Like, why would they even try <laughs> to come back? Like, in today's climate, I think with like the amount of access that people have to the internet, a lot of these shows are completely irrelevant because they rely on people not having that access for them to actually thrive and giving you the news that you're looking for, you know? So um, it, it's a similar reason why things like E3 are starting to go away. The things that made E3 super exciting in the past where you didn't have access to the news, you didn't have access to the latest things. And nowadays there's leaks like every day about something that you care about. And so the, the, the necessity for having things like, you know, like G4 or E3 providing you those details, just there's not much of a need anymore. So 
Um, I, I honestly can't say that I'm surprised that this happened. And 30 grand for a day of appearance, man, like I need to start upcharging my, uh, you know, <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Upcharge your appearance, please. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but, just but for, so you can I make think... another company go out of business. <laughs> what? Uh, oh my goodness. Christy is here. Um, she will join us on video momentarily. But hi, Christy. Hi, there's something wrong with my video. So it's now showing me as like a vertical. And I'm like, I don't want to do vertical, guys, because that will throw it off. Okay, hey, we'll give you some time to figure it out. We were just talking about the uh, G4 cancellation. Yeah. Um, mm. However, I'm going to go ahead and move on, if that's okay with you guys, to um, Apex Legends. So, yeah, um, t first of all, d do you guys like Apex? Have you played Apex? I enjoy Apex. I haven't played it in a while, but I enjoyed it from when I played. Hey, she fixed it, and she's got the boo headband. Hey, Let's go! Oh my yeah, god, so yeah. cute! <laughs> so, 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 so double Mario stuff on the podcast. Yeah, you got to represent. And Halloween Star. Let's go! For anyone listening, Christy every week has another plush, and this week it is Halloween Sora. Well, Marissa and I, we've decided I should rotate plushies. So this is what's going to happen: is that we rotate plushies now. You have to remind me to let the listeners know what plushie you have every week because they don't know me because they can't see me. Okay, okay, I will. I have this cute little boo headband. They are both plushies as well too. On top, and then I have a Kingdom Hearts Halloween Town Sora. Um. So. Oh, real quick. Zaloon nineteen says hello. Hello, Zaloon. Thanks for joining the podcast. Continue, Jero. Hi. As far hey, as Zulu, welcome in. As far as Apex Legends goes, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a new character that was added. Um, her name is Tressa, I believe. That's what I was very confused. I was like, I think her yes, name is yes, Tressa. Yes, yes, her name is Tressa. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, her name is Tressa, and uh, she is the first transgender character coming to Apex, uh, which is a really big deal because for anyone who knows Apex or who is interested in Apex, you might know that Apex is all about diversity and representation. Um, it's so important to get done correctly. And as mm -hmm. far as what I have seen, um, Apex Legends seems to have been uh, doing a very, very good job so far with their diversity and inclusion. And I, I'm pretty sure I can't, and you guys, if you can, let me know. Think of any, or if you are if you are aware of any specific, like more than five transgender characters in video games. Wow, more than Not five? Yeah. <laughs> No. More than five, I'm not aware of. I know with no, not, not more than five, previous no. Nintendo, it was suggested, but it wasn't outright oh, true. stated. Bur yeah, Birdo is suggested to be transgender. There's like a lot of suggestions that characters were trans, but having at least five, I don't think there's been a video game in recent history. I might be wrong, but I don't think there's one in recent history besides Apex that I'm aware of. The only thing I can think of recently is Tell Me Why. Um, and that's it. Which is a sad disappointment. However, to, to Apex Legends credit, um, they hired help for creating the character of Tressa. And um, her name is uh, Samantha Zero on Twitter. And she was hired uh, to help design uh, Tressa and Tressa's story. And I do believe that the voice actress for Tressa is also trans. Um, and and uh, this is, now that I'm thinking about it, there's also a character in uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Um, uh, Brit oh, I forgot her name. 
Uh, but she was also just recently introduced as a uh, trans character, which is really awesome. When we were talking um, a few weeks ago, I think, about Street Fighter VI <laughs> and uh, the inclusion of Kimberly and how um, uh, Capcom hired uh, diversity consultants uh, to ensure that the character was done correctly. <laughs> so I definitely wanted to give a as shout out should. to Apex Legends. Exactly. I, I wanted to give a shout out to Apex Legends for being able to hire um, trans transgendered people to help uh, develop these characters in a way that is going to speak to anyone and everyone as as it should. Um, so, any any thoughts on on Tressa? I haven't seen the design yet, but honestly, I've been. This is a, a slightly on topic, slightly off topic. I've been meaning to get back into Apex for a while, and honestly, I know they've added so many characters since the last time I hopped in. And honestly, you know, yeah. more more inclusivity is always a good thing. And that's, you know, uh, bar, barring, uh, barring uh, obviously that means just that, like uh, there's representation for someone that that's every, that's a new person that's going to want to check out Apex Legends because now they feel included. And for my part, I'm just, you know, hearing all these characters that are coming to Apex, it just gets me excited to actually like boot it up again and just see what's new because I'm sure there's a lot new. Anyway, I don't I don't play Apex, but I think it's wonderful they're being more inclusive and in that, you know, they hired somebody to help them design her and also they hired a trans, right? She's the voice actress is trans, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then, you know what? It's a step forward. Right. In my opinion, in my opinion, I think that it's, you know, the general trend that it's everything is becoming, you know, more inclusive through time, you know, like as we continue to process a progress as a society, there's going to be new things that are always going to be popping out um, that we're going to have to continue to accept and get used to. You know, I, I think the maybe the only piece that concerns me about the movement is. Um, for example, like Capcom hired like actual consultants to help with designing the character correctly, you know, but there might be a shameless company like EA who just decides, hey, let's go ahead and incorporate something like that because that's the general trend. And then you end up releasing a character or you end up releasing some sort of, you know, game um, oriented uh, around that topic where you don't really consider carefully, you know, all of the aspects and you end up actually insulting the community. You know what I mean? So. I think that hiring um, consultants and hiring people that are very familiar with the topic does help with that. I, I just want to um, be a little wary of the fact that it's going to be a general movement. I mean, there's been a couple of examples in the um, industry recently where companies just pick up on like the popular trends and they end up becoming, you know, just completely um, ill intended just to make money versus actually, you know, become more inclusive or actually introduce a new subject to the gaming community. So I, I think we're making good progress um, towards inclusion, but it also needs to come with its caveats of, you know, doing it correctly so that you don't actually go backwards. You know, I want to, I want to just piggyback off of what, what he just said, because I think it's very important that there are, there is one example that comes right into my mind when he, what he's talking about it's whenever Activision Blizzard got in trouble, they would announce a new inclusive character into Overwatch as as, as like a as like a, a, a in case of fire break glass button, and that's not when you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to do it exactly. Just because, you're supposed to do it just because it's the right thing to do, and because and because like you said, progresses in society. But no, they were just using it as a straight up like, oh no, they're mad at us, quick. Yeah, like, like and, and there's companies that shamelessly do it just to get money, be, you know, because the, the thing that moves gaming nowadays more than anything is how much money you can make out of a game. 
So I, I want to make sure that it's being done in a way to where the community really does feel more welcome into this whole aspect of gaming and, and involving more characters that introduce you and open up those, you know, those specific communities. But don't don't just throw it in there and then don't not do it correctly so that people actually end up getting hurt. You know what I mean? Like So I have two things to say based on what you guys both just said. Um, one of them is that I, I don't see this as, I, I definitely don't see it as what you're saying, George, only because what you're saying is something that's already happening. And so moving forward is what we want to see. We want to see diversity consultants. And you're saying you hope that this doesn't, you know, make people uh, just include characters uh, to check off a diversity box. Video games have already done that. So this is not going to make it any worse or any better in any way. I, I personally just want to focus on the fact that these these companies are doing, they're going above and beyond to do this because we already have companies that have already done what you mentioned. And I'm, I'm not like technically disagreeing with you. I'm just making the point that you're saying that you hope it doesn't affect other companies in a way that forces them to try to then be diverse but that's literally something that we're already dealing with so it's not really like oh you know apex has a trans character i bet we should probably throw one in it's not because of apex it's because they've been already doing this so it's not necessarily something new and as far as overwatch goes i'm not here to defend overwatch uh by any means because activision blizzard is still not a great you know uh company mm -hmm. however I think the point there is is not that they decide I want it I I want to make the point that I don't think that Activision Blizzard specifically designed characters to post when they're in trouble. I think the I point is actually that they uh already have these characters ready to go. They just wait right. for a time that, to that, announce them. That's what that's what I was um, talking about. Yeah. And and I know that's what you're saying, so I wanted to clarify that sure. because it's not like they were just like, "Oh shit, yeah. we're yeah, about it, to do something bad." Yeah. Let's I, I, design I, a black I, woman. I, I was definitely not suggesting <laughs> the character created a character on the fly. That's def that's not really it, feasible. It it could also be that it was just coincidental. That's also true. I mean, I highly doubt it, but that's also true. And 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 I don't think that I mean it in the way that like we're forcing companies that hey you have to include this content in there because that's the move and like companies don't want to but hey like wow like we gotta do it. No, what I mean is is that there are companies out there that will legitimately just cash in on the grab and they will do some lazy work to just put something in there to kind of just grab on the moment and try to cash in. You know what I mean? It's not no, yeah, I, yes. I so hear you. so I think that's where um I, I'm hoping that that's not the direction that it takes and that people actually take the time and the dedication to design characters and, and hire the correct personnel to make those characters really represent, you know, the community that they're looking to represent. So I think it's a good move overall. And, and I'm optimistic that this maybe does lead in that direction in the future. And, and we get to see a larger variety of characters than like your typical, you know, just, you know, what, what the gaming community generally has nowadays, which is like either a female character or a male character. I mean, you got to expand the, the outreach, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, I, I hear you and I understand what you're saying. I just don't want there to be a correlation of like, uh, I want, I, I, I don't want the correlation of a company doing something positive with this company now doing something negative because that company did something right. positive is, is the point that I'm trying to make. So I don't disagree right. with you, but I'm trying to make that uh, distinction by, I guess, technically disagreeing with you. Um, and even with Overwatch as well, I, I, Brandon, I agree with your, while I agree with your example, I don't think it's the best example only because Overwatch in its prime came out as one of those diversity oh, sure. pushes. Oh yeah. Um, so so it's not like they just decided to uh, you know plan a character because I guess it's I, I don't see it as a good example of what you're saying. Although like in the context it is just because they already have a diverse roster, so it's not like they're like oh let's make another diversity one. Like they are they're already there. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. I think the the point would have been. Um, I guess better suited for a game that didn't have much diversity that decided to do a little bit of diversity, but it doesn't matter because since we're talking about Overwatch 2, um, what actually has been revealed, I think we talked last week about the McDonald's Overwatch collaboration. Yeah, it has did. finally been revealed what that collaboration will involve, and it is a Tracer Lightning skin, which is already available in the game um, in, in a certain aspect. I'm not sure if you can still get it in Overwatch 2 currently, but it is um, available in the game. So as of right now, uh, it's in Australia, and if if and when it comes to the U.S., we can look forward to being able to get Tracer skins as uh, Overwatch 2 McDonald's treats. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I don't play Overwatch. I, I, I haven't really t touched it yet, but, like, if I, I could, you know, Christy doesn't, she doesn't play Overwatch, and she doesn't, but, like, she has been known to go to McDonald's to get things if she really wants it. Like, <laughs> so, like say, like, like, certain, like certain, certain Pikachu cards are maybe in her possession at the moment that she got from a Happy Meal. Which, I'm not mad about it. Those Pikachu cards are great. I mean, you, it's giveaways, right, that you're getting, yeah. so why, why not go for them? I... I mean, I, I think I'm kind of torn in between, like, you know, did they do it because they actually wanted to give back or did they do it just to kind of um, entice more of that movement, you know? I mean, I don't George, know. George, but... there is one and only one reason that there is an Overwatch 2 and McDonald's collaboration. What do they want to give back? Absolutely nothing. Like, what? If they wanted to give back to people, they would do what they did, which is give a uh, free legendary skin and some extra stuff because that's what they're doing to players who had issues with um, logging in and playing the game in the original, uh, 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 upon its original launch, excuse me. They don't have anything to give back. Um, but what I was hoping for, which nobody said, so I guess I'll say it. Yeah, take, okay. it, take it away. This is the most disappointing happy meal present ever i already yeah. have that skin i don't care pokemon get you guys brought up pokemon pokemon gives me pokemon cards like yes i will go buy a happy meal for pokemon they have cards. Cute pokemon cards and they're okay? cute this tracer skin is probably my least favorite number one number two why would anybody go buy a, a happy meal if you already have the skin and number three where are the toys it's not, a, it's not a toy. What do I get I, in this McDonald's Happy Meal? A card with a code? Nobody gives a crap about that. You know I mean, honestly, I feel like the like the toys designed around the actual game would have been a much better way to get people. That's what I'm Overwatch. saying. Yes. Yeah. Throw some <laughs> heroes like in there. Mini figures. Yes. Throw some yeah. mini figure heroes in there. It's, it's I think why Amiibos have done so well. They have. They have. Uh, oh, my God. Can I? Uh, I'm sorry, Brandon. Really quick. Sure, Amiibos. Everyone knows I don't buy Amiibos. I don't have any. 
I am going to buy that Sephiroth amiibo. I don't care. Of course I you need are. It. Of course you it. are. I need it. I just have to make it known. It's going to be the one and only amiibo I own. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Brandon. No, no, no. All else Famous last was... words. <laughs> there is that Sora amiibo that hopefully will come out too. So that might be, oh the, my second. God, that might be yes. the second. That might be the second one you own. That's Fine, what... and I'll have two. <laughs> You have to select between one of the other two. I'm surprised you also don't have the cloud ones. Nah, cloud is cloud. There's enough cloud going around. I would have a violet one, but you know, no, no, no female option. So female option. Yeah. Anyway, my question was going to be. I don't know if anyone here knows this, but I'll ask anyway. What's the um? Obviously, Overwatch is a very popular game, and but the question I have is: Do a lot of kids? play overwatch i imagine with overwatch 2 being a free to play there that that uh ratio yeah. will, will, will change drastically because now you can just try it regardless but how many i'm trying to get an idea of how many kids play like overwatch one compared to some so like there are i can give you an example i obviously can't give you statistics because sure. i have no freaking idea uh but there is there are definitely kids who play overwatch in the you know uh uh, uh middle school high school age 100 percent for okay. sure yeah no I, that, that, that is a I, whole that, that I agree with. Like, I, I think middle school, high school kids are, pri- are like the prime audience for Overwatch. I'm just wondering how many kids do it. And the reason why I ask specifically about little kids is because Happy Meals, of course, are targeted towards little kids. So I'm wondering if this even true. Like, they have adult Happy Meals. They, they, that, that's what I was gonna say. Actually, I was gonna bring that up, dude. They they have designed a Happy Meal for for people you know that are all grown up. So I think they're just trying to move more, you know, like just more product in general. So why not put in a code? Uh, for people that might not have the skin, and then you go to McDonald's and end up getting the regular Happy Meal. Because I think the adult one is, like, limited, like, access, right? I think it's supposed to go away pretty soon. I think it was, like, limited time only, if I'm not wrong. I don't so... know, but, I mean, what I do know is Overwatch 2 is now free-to-play, and one way to get people to play your free-to-play game is by putting right. it in so, a freaking so, McDonald's <laughs> So that's what yeah. I was. So that's what I was gonna say. Like, it makes it makes way more sense for them to do it for Overwatch Two. Like, if you told me they were doing this Happy Meal promotion for Overwatch One, I'd be like, uh, I don't know about that. Honestly, I'm 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 more surprised to hear that McDonald's is doing this Happy Meal collaboration with Overwatch Two and not Fortnite because a lot of kids play Fortnite. Like, yeah, getting I mean, Fortnite doesn't getting need the. The it's thing not, is, Fortnite's it, not going to pay McDonald's to have a collaboration, right? Like, they're not going to ask them to to partner. I mean, that- Epic is swimming in money what? already as it is. You know, so they don't, they don't, but hear me out. Yeah, they don't really. But hear, but hear me out. <laughs> what <laughs> if they gave you an exclusive skin in Fortnite? I'm sorry. Yeah, an exclusive skin for Fortnite to get you Ronald McDonald in Fortnite. I don't think people would buy. I feel, I feel no, like people would people actually would 100% charge McDonald's. Buy that. <laughs> no, people would 100% buy that. People will buy anything in Fortnite. That's just okay. It doesn't matter like that is, is that is I I have purchased something from Fortnite and I don't buy stuff in games even I bought something from Fortnite. Actually, so. d- drifting off drifting off topic a little bit, but what do you guys think about those Dragon Ball Z skins in Fortnite? I feel like they just look out of place, man. Uh, I'm Beerus, so sorry. Be- those I gotta be honest, bro. I, don't, I, I personally don't think Goku and Vegeta and Bulma look that bad. Beerus looks awful. Like they messed up. They my just boy. look. <laughs> They just look out of place, man. I don't think that like they they belong. Like you you look they, at the game and and uh, they just don't belong. I, I, sorry, I, will, like I, will, I will say they did a better job with the Naruto characters than they did with the Dreebz. I will I will readily agree with that. Well, um, speaking of things that don't belong, none of us will belong in Pokemon Sword and Shield after November first. 
Why, you ask? Yeah, because <laughs> because the Pokemon Company have put out a notice uh, about some of the online connectivity for Pokemon Sword and Shield going forward. Wild Area News will receive one final update on November 1st, 2022, adding Pokemon not normally available, such as Gigantamax Norlax. After that, there will be no more Wild Area News updates. And uh, Battle Stadium will no longer update with a ranked season after November 1st. The results for the ranked season will also not appear in Pokemon Home. There will be no further online competitions. Friendly competitions oh, can still be run and played, but they won't be displayed in Pokemon Home from December 1st. Um, uh, all YCOM features and other online features will continue to be accessible. Okay. You had me worried there for a second. When you said, <laughs> when, uh, like, but, uh, like I like everything you just said. I kind of expect that'd be the case when Scarlet and Violet came out that they wouldn't continue online ranked modes because it's going to move on to the next generation. Um, the Gigantamax yes. things also make sense because you know they're going to want to encourage you to do raids in the new in the new games. So yeah, no, that's sad obviously, but you know the next generation is coming out. It it just kind of didn't make sense. As long as you can do everything else in the game, like you can still play on your friends if you wanted to, Wicom, all that good stuff. That's fine. Also, Marissa's on chat saying, tell us, Daddy Jarrell. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, she, that just made me forget what I was going to say. Uh, Marissa, Marissa do I... make you, your head swirl sometimes. She makes my head swirl because I love her so much. <laughs> um, uh, I think I was going to ask you guys, for, for all of you who have played Pokemon before, um, mm -hmm. whether this is something that... Because obviously, they're not going to continue with uh, competitive. And the only reason they've held it this long is because uh, Legends Arceus didn't have any competitive um, play, etc. Uh, but I was talking to someone recently who was very disappointed in this news, but they were also getting... Um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and I was like, why do you care if you're going to be so, moving on to the next, you know, version? So I, I will uh, ask you guys, do you care that this is happening? I believe, I don't know, George, uh, quick answer, yes or no, are you getting Pokemon um, Scarlet or Violet? Oh yeah, we, we are, yep. Perfect. So, since I know that all of you are getting it now, the question is to all of you, does it bother you that Sword and Shield is no longer going to have a uh, competitive online play? I and if just, so, why? I, I, I want to say what I was going to say was personally, no. Personally, it doesn't really matter to me because once the new Pokemon game's out, I've, I, I found that I very rarely go back to previous generations for competitive battling. Um, however, there is a caveat to this, though, that we have not really dealt with in previous generations. And that's the fact that obviously, uh, going forward, they no longer have a national dex. So that is what a Pokemon big... Home is for. Yeah, home which is, is now free. Yeah, home is there, but you can't battle with all those Pokemon home. Like, so whatever Pokemon is in Scarlet and Violet is all you can use. You like, can't battle with all the Pokemon in Sword and Shield. That's my point. Like with Sword and Shield, like like a lot of people, like Sword, like Sun and Moon, there were still some people, community that enjoyed that game because up to that, you could play every you with every Pokemon that existed up to that point. And with Sword and mm -hmm. Shield, no, you can't. Okay, Sword, Sun and Moon, you could up to that point. Is what I was saying. Like, they, this is they, the reason why I don't play competitive. Yeah. Even uh, even though even in uh even in Sword and Shield though they have rotations for the Pokemon that you can use and you can import your Pokemon from Pokemon Home to play competitively in Sword and Shield. So are you saying that the caveat is that once people start playing competitive in in uh, uh, Scarlet and Violet, they're not going to be able to use some of the Pokemon that they could have used in Sword and Shield? Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying because we but have to, they the moment... couldn't use those Pokemon anyway because they were rotated in and out. 
it anyway it because that's it, how competitive works. It depends. It depends what's going forward because you're right. Like if the if a Pokemon is really com- is considered like competitive, it tends it tends to be added in. Like for example, um, I'm pretty sure like like uh, Landorus, which is very popularly used in competitive play is there for, 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 for example like the like they they do listen to the fa- like the fan feedback of what pokemon they most want in there and i'm sure that'll go forward into um scarlet and violet but that brings back to what i was saying in the beginning that personally it doesn't really matter to me i'll use whatever pokemon that they let me um use honestly and it doesn't really bother me that much but i think of just like past fighting games like for example like because you know that has a competitive scene as well. Street Fighter Six, once that comes, that's obviously gonna be the main Street Fighter. But you'll still have people that will want to play Third Strike or Four or Five, just because there's a slightly different mechanics tied to each one. So I don't think it's gonna be a majority, to be fair. But I think it would. I, 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 where I'm going with this is I understand why there's some people upset. I just don't think it's gonna be the vast majority. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Such an unfair comparison, Pokemon to fighting games. Some people would beg yeah. to differ. But some <laughs> like people would beg to differ, but it's... that's uh, who and why? Like they're so different. Hardcore you, they... competitive uh, Pokemon fans. That's all I'm saying. Then like, those people have no, hardcore competitive fans have online smogon like abilities to play those oh, games yeah. still. Yeah, so no, they're they... not going to be like, oh, let me pull out my my, my Game Boy Color so I can do competitive Pokemon playing. But that's that's not that's not the same thing. However, the one thing that does um, make me sad about this is that the final Wild Area update is going to come in November. And that was such a great moment mm-hmm. to have with friends. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we'll all be doing it in, in the new game. But yeah, Christy, I'm sorry. You were going to say something. Oh, I, this is the reason why I don't play competitive. <laughs> All right, fair point, George. Did you want to say something? <laughs> so let, let, let me ask this real quick before I kind of deep dive into it. Uh, Pokemon don't deep Home dive is too that... much because we are on a time limit, but go ahead. <laughs> is Pokemon Home like a charge service? Not anymore. No. It used to be, I'm assuming. Well, correct. The, it the... used to be a dollar. Hold on. To, so, to, to clarify, Pokemon Home, if, if you want to use, like, the premium features, it does cost. But the jet, the basic Are features you are sure? Pretty, I'm pretty sure they came out and said it didn't. Uh, I'm sh- pretty sure it's... it's because it came free. out... Ch- okay. It came out free, but you oh, can also get a premium. No, no, anyway. no, no. No. I, I think... I, I honestly think that if you're a competitive player, it doesn't matter. Because you're going to be on the latest game anyway. Like, if you're playing for, you know, competitively trying to qualified to tournaments and things like that you're not going to be relying on the old game to qualify for the tournaments where there's a new game for you know um but for the people that are actually you know like enjoying all of like the wild encounters for the people that are actually enjoying you know like the like the whole aspect of trading of being able to you know play online with your friends and battle i mean I, I feel like it's a little unfair if they're not able to afford the new game they're basically just cutting your cold turkey from being able to enjoy all of the features that um sword and shield have so I, I think, honestly, it might be just a move to get people to just jump onto the new game. And, and not everyone has that access because, you know, like, things nowadays are not as cheap as they used to be. So um, I, I can see the, the pain of someone saying, hey, I can't afford another $60 game this year. So I want to stay on Sword and Shield for a little longer. Oh, wait, they're going to cut off a bunch of stuff off the game because they're moving on to new servers. So from that aspect, it might be a little 
a little iffy, you know? This is going to seem like I'm just disagreeing with everything you guys say tonight, but I feel like that's me every podcast. Um, True. <laughs> that's not new. There are so many games that cut off service when the next game comes out. It's not like it's not like Pokemon is just like being like, oh, that's it, guys. We're cutting you off. You can't have this again. That's something that has happened, something that will continue to happen. Why would you continue to hold servers up for competitive play and continue to rotate that stuff out for an older game that's, what, three years old now? Yeah, it's about to hit B3. When I mean, you have but... the new <laughs> one coming out. Marissa... It's the same thing with Overwatch 2, right? Like, they were going yeah. to have Overwatch and Overwatch 2 uh, uh, play together at the same time. So if you didn't want to upgrade to the free Overwatch 2, you could continue to play Overwatch 1. And instead, they were like, nah, we shutting this shit down. <laughs> we're no longer having Overwatch <laughs> 1 because it doesn't yeah. make money. It doesn't make money. It doesn't make sense from a business standpoint, rather, to right. have uh, open servers on two different games uh, when only one of them is really going to be making you money because Overwatch 1, you buy the game, it's done, right? Like, you don't have to pay for anything else, whereas the free-to-play version is going to be where they're making their money from. Pokemon, you've already bought that game three years ago. They're not making money from you not buying this game that you're still playing three years later. So you're going to have to, you know, get with the times and move on. And and I, I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm just like, oh, everybody has money to go buy because I don't believe everyone has money to go buy the new game. I think we're all fortunate enough to be able to purchase it hopefully on day one, but that's not everyone's situation. And yes, it is going yeah. to be an issue for someone who does want to play the game but can't because they can't afford it however it is unfortunately an inevitability that these things happen in video games where servers are shut down as people move forward oh by the way Jero, i just want to point out that as usual you and marissa are sick because right as soon as you brought up overwatch is around the time that she put overwatch <laughs> the whole first game and she and That's... she and, and she also brings up a, 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 a point as well saying some kids gotta wait until christmas with no pokemon that's also true I know friends who are waiting until Christmas or birthdays to get this game. They're not getting it day a, one. And a, honestly, it's a Christmas game. Uh, I mean, yes. but, but but I'm gonna say this: for Pokemon being known for the replayability that it has, for these moves to start becoming the norm for Pokemon, it's a little odd, is it not? No, like... not at all. Well, Sword and Shield is like the first uh, that like had like a dedicated like rank within game, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Within the game, yes, it yeah. was. Okay. But it's not odd for them to do this because they're moving most of their servers over to the newest, um, newest game. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because yeah, but... the, the reason it's not odd to me is because when you're ho- when you're hosting ranked competitive play, everything is going to move forward, right? So when you go to TC Pokemon, um, uh, Pokemon VGC, when they're playing ranked competitive play, they're not going to be playing Sword and Shield ranked competitive play. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically with Pokemon, it, this is not. This isn't uh, uh, new to me at all because every new Pokemon game, there's a new mechanic. We can't continue to do Gigantamaxing when we now have Terastalizing, right? So like you can't, you can't hold a competitive game to two separate standards. Like I can't just be because even with Gigantamaxing, even though every Pokemon can do it, there are certain you know Pokemon that have different appearances and different moves. And with Terastalizing, that's also going to be different. So yeah, it's not surprising to me at all. Of course, we're going to have to move forward because it. To, it likens itself to whatever that new mechanic is for that new Pokemon game. So uh, to me, it just makes sense. Like, I'm not saying that it's not unfortunate, but no, it's not. It's not uh, confusing to me. It, it totally is the next move. And I guess it's because all other video game companies do it anyway. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm rambling and I want to move on. Um, <laughs> is there anything else on this before I move on? 
you know, there is something that I do hope that happens. I, I don't think they will, but it's something that I would really like. Um, and I, this came to mind because I've recently been watching the Pokemon anime with my nephew trying to catch up on it. And because the current season of the anime is not based on just Galar from Sword and Shield, but it's based on, like, all the regions. It's meant to be, like, a celebration of the whole series. They added an anime-only mechanic where you are allowed to do one of the three things in a battle. You can either Mega Evolve, you can use a Z-Move, or you can Gigantamax. But you can only do one of the three. I just think it'd be cool if there was a game where, like, an official game, to be clear, where you could choose which one of the mechanics that you wanted to use for the battle. Yeah, no, I know you're smart because if you go on, if you go on <laughs> to a, a, cer a, cer a certain website, you can do all that stuff. And it's similar to the anime. You can only do one per battle. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no, like... I, I, I said it before I even started talking. I don't think they're going to do it, but it'd be cool if they did. Like, I was watching the anime, like, his, Ash, Ash used a Mega Stone in that battle. His opponent used Gigantamaxing. So you had a big old Shadow of the Colossus battle where his Mega Lucario was up against the Gigantamax <laughs> Machamp, which was a really cool battle. It was a really good episode. But, yeah, that's just... Anyway, just something I'm hoping that'll probably never happen. What were you going to say, George? Um, I, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, Smash Bros. did it where they incorporated every single character, like, in their entire history, like, in one game. Why can't there be a Pokemon game? I'm not saying, like, bring every single Pokemon, bring every single Mega Evolution, every single Gigantamax. Why can't there be a game where you introduce all the mechanics into one game and just limit the Pokemon that you have in the game so that it's... Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's an idea, you know, but oh my God, that George, would be an interesting... There are two very big issues with that. One is that everyone's already mad there's no national decks, and you're saying <laughs> limit the Pokemon even more? People are going to riot if you no, limit like, the Pokemon. Like, the Pokemon He's going to decide a riot. They're the riot now. <laughs> Like, limit the Pokemon that can, like, Gigantamax or that can, you know, Mega Evolve. Then you evolve. run into the issue that you had with Mega Evolutions, which is now everyone has to have the same type of Pokemon on their team because only these type of Pokemon can do that. And that was an issue with Mega Evolution, right? Like, you had but to have Mega I mean, you had to have... But, uh, that, but that's the meta in general, though. Like, that's every game out yeah, there. Yeah, but... That's the meta. That was the no! That's not the issue with Sword and Shield because because every Pokemon in Sword and Shield could Gigantamax that changed things. And now we're moving on to Terrestrializing where every Pokemon can also Terrestrialize. So it's not going to be the same issue anymore. Well, that's, you well, can that's... have whatever Pokemon you want. Hold on. And also, Terrestrializing is broken. So no, you cannot have Terrestrializing and Mega Evolution because I will just change my Pokemon into a forum that can ignore all your issues and move on and beat you. Go ahead, Brandon. What I was gonna say was the the uh, the overall me the, the gimmick mechanic has evolved has <laughs> pun intended like evolved over as we went on with Mega Evolution. It's exactly like you just said. Only certain Pokemon could do it, so it should, I alter the meta of what Pokemon you have in your team. There are Pokemon you would not put in your team if it, it like Beedrill. Beedrill had a Mega Evolution. You would not put a Beedrill on your competitive team. Yeah, Beedrill is trash. If, <laughs> if, if, if it didn't have the Mega Evolution, just an example. Z moves that was. Slight improvement, only because it was a move, and certain Pokemon could do unique Z moves. But also, any, but Pokemon, I mean, if but also you... any Pokemon could just Z move, even if it wasn't like a unique one. And then with gi Dynamaxing specifically, every Pokemon can Dynamax. Certain Pokemon can Gigantamax, which is like the which is like the um the the, the, is, the is the difference. There. Like like the unique like the unique form of like doing like a Gigantamax. It's like you know like they have like yes. a specific certain Pokemon physical can, change. But every Pokemon but I mean... can Dynamax at least. But, but I mean, that, that there's a reason why there's a meta for it. And even though every Pokemon can Gigantamax in the game, like, when you go to a competitive scene, there's, like, a specific list of Pokemon that people sure. take. I mean, that's just... 
Sure. It's just the reality, of you know course. what I mean? Yeah, of course. But that meta is specifically affected by sometimes in the sense of uh, Mega Evolutions, it is going to be affected by the Pokemon that can do that that thing, which is and Mega Evolution. Yes. So when you limit it, people are going to be very upset. Um, but you know what people are not upset about? What are people not upset about? Uh, the Silent Hill transmission that came on today. Did any of you see it? No, I gotta, I gotta catch that later, man. I, I yeah, wanted no. to catch, I wanted to see if I couldn't catch it. You I, I, are about to be spoiled. <laughs> I apologize. You are about to be spoiled with everything. All right, Chad, go ahead and mute real quick if you haven't seen it. Just mute. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're watching, you know we do gaming news for the week. I apologize. Um, the Silent Hill transmission included a Silent Hill Two remake. Yay! Uh, uh, game okay. Silent Hill Townfall, which is a new spinoff developed by No Code Studios um, and Annapurina Interactive. It is a new project that will be unique uh, to the Silent Hill franchise. Uh, then there was Silent Hill 1, another new spinoff announced um, set in 1960s Japan. It is a narrative-driven spinoff that will be written by acclaimed Japanese writer Ryukishi07, who created visual novels like Higurashi and Umineko. Uh, the spinoff will juxtapose a beautiful and terrifying world and focus on psychological, supernatural, mysterious uh, mysteries of Silent Hill. Excuse me. There's also Silent Hill Ascension. The most unique announcement possibly uh, that Konami announced was Silent Hill Ascension. It's an immersive project where participants around the world will control the characters in a new Silent Hill story. It's basically a Let's Play Pokemon version of a new Silent Hill story that will be live on multiple platforms. Wow. Um, there was also Return to Silent Hill. The director of the first Silent Hill movie is making a third movie in the series with Return to Silent Hill. There's also Silent Hill F. Um, there was a lot. Um, That's a lot of Silent Hill. More than There was a lot it. of Silent Hill. Um, <laughs> any excitement? How do we feel about Silent Hill? You don't care. Um, you do care. Uh, what, what, tell me. Tell me. Konami is bad. Konami's for me. Same. It's I won't be playing any of this. <laughs> It's too spooky so, for me, but I hope that the Silent Hill fans are happy with these announcements, and that's all that matters, is that they're happy. Mm -hmm. I'll say this much. Um, people who know me know that I play very few horror games. It's just not my preferred mm -hmm. genre. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, George knows. He's known me forever. He knows that I don't play a lot of horror games. But, but, but Silent Hill is something that I've always been, let's say, curious about. There's been one game in particular that I've always wanted to like see if I could find it. That's called Silent Hill Shattered Memories. It was a retelling of the first game for the Wii. And just the way that that game told the story. And I got, got very good reviews. That's the one Silent Hill game I've always been interested in trying out. Uh, but I've also been curious about two because that's considered the fan favorites of the series. And that's one of the ones getting remade. So I may very well check this one out because I would like to give it a try. That's the origins of like uh, the cult favorite pyramid head for example so people want to know where that's all about you can you can play uh silent hill 2 for the first time i know i never wanted to play those hd collection because i heard they messed them up so i never t wanted to touch those um but no that's pretty much the only thing i'm interested in this like the silent hill 2 remake because i heard good things about 2 otherwise the series has never really gathered my interest so i'm gonna mostly echo what christy just said and just i hope the silent hill fans are happy and you know what they should be because this is for like Four or five Silent Hill announcements when we went for like maybe almost a decade with zero announcements. After uh, the PT demo, like you had nothing. Right, basically. right. That was the yeah. first hope people were gonna have that there was gonna be no something new Silent Hill, and then we all know how that turned out. So now that there's actually something coming in the series, I think uh, if 
fans of the series have a reason to be excited again because boy, they've been starved for a while. So get your food, people, when when they come out. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of Silent Hill, man. I by the way, Brandon, Brandon, One last thing. Go ahead. Yes, one last thing. The movie. Um, hope it's good. The movie. I've heard mixed things about the movie. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yes. So for me, honestly, I was never able to get my hands on Silent Hill because I had limited access to getting games. I mean, we were not like the wealthiest family, you know. So we were only able to get the games that we could and and play those games you know so for me silent hill 2 remake is a new game i've I've never played silent hill 2 the original so i'm excited for that um i'm really hoping like you know like these guys have already said that like the community is happy because we have not heard jack for like years maybe even like a decade since we've heard anything about silent hill and and honestly like the late the latter games in the series were just garbage so i'm really hoping the silent hill 2 goes back to its roots and the remake actually just brings it up to a standard that we have today but it still keeps that essence that you know made silent hill good to begin with back in the day um so i i think honestly that's like about the only thing that i'm excited for i would have to see the um the details on it and see when it's gonna get released but yeah silent hill 2 remake is probably the only thing that i'm excited about but Hopefully the community is vibing with all these updates uh, and all these new upcoming releases and, you know, Silent Hill gets revived. It's, I mean, it's been dead for a while, you know, so it needs a revival. Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's like a remake or a remaster. I don't know what that means. I guess we'll see what they decide. But that doesn't matter because what does matter is a few news pieces that I'm going to um, tell you guys really quick because I got about 30 minutes left. Um, the first one is that uh, The Lion King Scar is now coming to Disney Dreamlight Valley. Cool. Scar is my favorite Disney villain of all time, so that's awesome. I don't play Dreamlight George Valley. George does though. not care. <laughs> like, he's I, like, you cut I, me I, off from I, this. I care, I care about Scar. That's pretty much as far as I go. Like Scar is literally my Disney Plus icon, so that just tells you how much I love Scar. Well, we also have some PlayStation Plus information. The catalog lineup for October was revealed. It's got Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the Definitive Edition, Dragon Quest um, 11S. I think I talked about this before, did I not? I, th- I feel like I it talked about familiar. this. It sounds familiar. I think you talked about no, that's yeah. a good game. Yeah, that's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that's... think I talked about that. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. Activision Blizzard has received another sexual harassment lawsuit because what's new? Um, and and um, I won't go into detail of that. However, I will go into detail about another um, conversation as it goes with Activision Blizzard and uh, Xbox. Um, Xbox calls PlayStation too big to fail following the UK agency's criticism of Activision Blizzard deal. Microsoft emphasizes its own weakness compared to Sony and lengthy response to UK's uh, agency's report. This is all going back to them trying to finish this deal. This is written by uh, Kenneth Shepard. This is for IGN.com, as was the previous um, information on Konami. It was also from IGN.com. Don't forget, cite your sources, people. Um... Xbox has developed a novel tactic for defending its Activision Blizzard acquisition, which continues to wind its way through various regulatory bodies around the world. Self-deprecation. We've talked about this before, where Xbox was just like, we're not that cool. This game isn't that great. What are you talking about? It's fine. (laughs) And we all know that it's a lie. Um, In response to claims by concerns raised by the UK Competition and Markets Authority, Microsoft released a lengthy statement to GameIndustry.biz calling the criticism uh, 
as unsupported and pointing to PlayStation's leading place in the market as the reason why. Quote, the suggestion that the incumbent market leader with clear and enduring market power could be foreclosed by the third largest provider as a result of losing access to one title is not credible, Microsoft said in a statement. I'm not going to move forward. Basically, in layman's terms, they were like, look, PlayStation's at the top. PlayStation's running everything. We're literally the third largest provider. (laughs) They're the first. They are not going to lose anything from one game, so let this go through. Do you guys feel like this is a good tactic? Which, as a reminder, they've already tried this tactic, saying that their games weren't all that great. Specifically, I think they're specifically speaking on Call of Duty and saying it was not as impactful as it was. And then PlayStation came out and they were like, no, it totally is, you're lying. Um, And now they're just like, yeah, but PlayStation isn't going to be hurt from missing one game. Um, Do you feel like this tactic is working out for Microsoft, yes or no? And uh, if not, or if so, why? Definitely not. It didn't work the first time, and they expect it to work again. They're they're just fooling themselves. Well, Christy, I'm going to ask you, because I feel like in, in a little bit of defense for Xbox, this one does, I feel like, have more credibility. I would... I would further believe that one game, like if I don't know, let's say I don't know anything about this, I would say that I could believe that one game is not going to change the entire zeitgeist of of, uh, the the video game market. Would you agree with that? It depends. I mean, it depends on how many players are actively playing on PlayStation for Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard games. It's mostly just a numbers game at this point. So unless companies are willing to divulge, you know, their data, which well, well specifically, may happen. They, specifically, they say that Sony is not vulnerable to a hypothetical foreclosure strategy based on this one game, which I feel like, yeah, that is 100% true. I don't think they're going to go into a foreclosure issue because of Call of Duty. May their gaming division may not. Um, it just is all... All that it is right now is just a numbers game. Um, I know that recently, yeah. I think they just recouped their losses from the PlayStation 3, but like disaster that they had. Uh, mm-hmm. So Microsoft also said that they have uh, no advantage um, and they feel that Xbox has a number of significant disadvantages in comparison to other competitors because of the relatively limited platform support for Xbox cloud gaming. Uh, so yeah, Branton, George, how y'all feeling about this one? I'm going to keep mine short and sweet because it mainly uh, pertains to what you just said. <laughs> I just find this whole thing hilarious because... It just sounds like it just sounds like Microsoft's going to Sony's like, can we just have this one dub, please? <laughs> <laughs> can we please just have this one thing, please? We're paying a lot of money for it. <laughs> uh, to further your point, Brandon, uh, before you go, George, to further your point, Brandon, there's another quote I want to read from this. Oh, please. Uh, it says, Xbox as a platform, which is in last place in console, seventh right. place in PC, and nowhere in mobile game distribution globally, has no incentive to do this. Instead, its incentive is to encourage the widespread adoption of cloud gaming technologies by as many providers as possible to encourage the major shift in consumer behavior required for cloud gaming to succeed. Yeah. Basically, they, they literally were like, "Look, we're in last place in consoles. We are seventh place. We're behind PC. We've got nothing." We just want to focus on, and it's very interesting, the reason I also wanted to bring this up is because they do say they want to focus on cloud gaming and get that to succeed by being able to allow the masses to to cloud game essentially without 
um, having consoles, you know? They've moved on to that whole thing where you can start up uh, uh, Xbox games on your Samsung TV. You don't even need an Xbox. Um, and also, you know, they're, they're pushed for PC and Game Pass and moving away from that. But yeah, uh, George, your turn. Anything to say about this one? I'm also going to keep it short and sweet. Just play the world's smallest violin for Xbox because they're honestly, it sounds like complaining to me, you know? Like, please, just let us let us get this one opportunity to catch up to the bigger platforms out there I, honestly xbox has been behind for as long as i can remember the uh the xbox one was in my opinion like the biggest disaster that microsoft has had and and they're trying to catch up you know so the call of duty deal i think allows them to kind of be a little relevant again but it, it's literally just sm world's smallest violin music playing in the back while they're making all these statements just trying to Trying to stay relevant, you know what I mean? That's I mean. so interesting because everyone else on this podcast has said that PlayStation needs to stop being mean. And you said that Call of Duty is the problem. I mean, Microsoft is the problem and they need to stop complaining. But literally, Brandon and Christy were talking about Herman Holst and how mean he was and how he shouldn't be so mean to Microsoft. And you're just like, no, nope, Microsoft is a the problem. They're complaining I mean, too much. They let, need to let, let, me, let, let, me, let me bring this pointer. When the Xbox 360 was crushing the PS3, did Microsoft slow down at all and say, you know, let's stop being mean to the PS3? I mean, it was a grind machine, man. The, the 360 the was a grind machine. But the and... point of this is not that. Like, it's it's not about selling consoles. It's about trying to acquire Activision Blizzard. So they have to make themselves look, you know, like this is not going to cause uh, un, uh, this is not going to cause failure in the gaming industry if we acquire this huge studio. So it's it's much less like we aren't we aren't that good. It's more like we need to get this acquisition. Um, it, it it really is just them talking crap about themselves so that they can get this deal gone through. Like it has nothing to do with what they and, really. And believe. and that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like. They're basically trying to play the world's smallest violin to make this seem like they're just at a disadvantage when in reality like i i think this generation might be like the closest i've seen in in some years you know just in terms of like a race to race between the different major platforms so it might just be like a like a strategy to soften up like you know uh, people's warm spot in their heart to just approve the deal but i mean we'll see what happens you know they've also said um uh, Xbox claims that Sony has chosen to block Game Pass from PlayStation while protecting its own first-party game. That was another very interesting point from here. I had no idea that they had even offered yeah. Xbox Game Pass or Game Pass in general on PlayStation. Um, Is there a Game Pass on Nintendo Switch that we need to be aware of? Well, we did see that Xbox Nintendo Cloud Game crossover yeah. thing That's a little bit too. ago. So maybe... Maybe it's in the works. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know at this point. Netflix has announced that they will be creating an ad tier plan, excuse me, with a price of $6.99 per month. Um, they're going to have the basics with ads, which is not going to include every show. It's going to be $6.99. Um, then they have the basic for $9.99, premium for $19.99, and the standard for $15.49. Do you guys think, because, you know, Netflix was talking about how they lost so many viewers and blah, 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 and they keep increasing their prices. Um, quickly, do you think that having a base ad version that is cheaper um, but does not have all of netflix is going to help them in a in a, in a way Ad, so if it was just ads it might have actually helped them the fact that they're gutting their own like amount of program you get with the lowest tier is is gonna i think do the the opposite for them because some people don't mind I mean, ads. 
but they do mind not having a show. A show <laughs> Bro, I, I, a show, a show I, I, that, I mind that. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, well, some people don't. Some people don't mind ads, but some people will mind not being able to get the show that they want on Netflix just because they're not on the on the higher tier. That's that's it, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the point if you can't watch the show you want to see? Go ahead. I, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, what's the general move with like including ads in your programming to try to make more money? Like, you know, like um... because they get paid for ads. No, but I mean, do they not realize that ads actually pushes off your audience more than it would just to, you know, try to strategize with a more, like, balanced plan output out there? Disagree with you again. I see why. I see why they're doing it though, because you. you, you, I see George's point, but like, like. I see your point. I just disagree with you. Yeah, I see his point because you know ads do push away a lot of people. They don't want ads in their programming. Period. But right. the, at the lower at the lower price tier, there are some people that could get it that otherwise wouldn't have. But like I said before, if what you want to watch is not available on that tier, it don't matter. You're still not going to pay for it, and it, and it means nothing. So that's yeah. my entire point. The fact that the programming is also going to be limited, too, is what's really going to gut punch them, and it's going to have the opposite effect. If it was just ads, but, you know, that's not what's happening. I mean, wanna... let, let, let me let me counter this question. So, like, if the content that they provided was, like, the best content that they had, you know, like Stranger Things, for example, or, like, if they brought The Office back and put it back into, like, the lowest plan with ads, but they have The Office, do you think that would make people come back and get yes, Netflix again? Yes, 100% yes. 100% yes. Easily, yes. Yeah. Like, you, like you filtered out all the trash. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, because, okay, uh, and I'll give you a very quick example. Crunchyroll, right? People watch anime on Crunchyroll. Does everyone have a Crunchyroll plan that they're paying for? No. Do they sit through those ads to watch their favorite anime when it comes out? Yes. It's going to be the same thing with Netflix. Do you want to watch Stranger Things with everyone else? Yes. Do you want to pay $15.99 to watch Stranger Things? No. Will you sit through two or three ads per episode? Hell yeah. Go get some coffee or popcorn in the meantime. Watch that and then not pay as much. Of course it's going to, especially because the economy is so trash right now, it's really hard to shell out $16 a month on on shows because also how many, you also had to think like how many people, how many of the average people are watching all of what Netflix has to offer? A lot of people are only using Netflix for what they want to see. So if I could pay less, yeah, yeah, so if I could pay less for only what I want to see because I'm paying, you know, $15 to watch three shows, like that makes no sense. I would rather pay $7 to watch my three shows with ads in the middle. So yes, I do think that people would come back um, and it wouldn't be an issue. Um, <laughs> now, realistically speaking, do you think that they're going to have the best content at the lowest tier or are they going to have yes. like all of the... I don't know. I, I think they would. I, I, think think. Be, I think it'd be very stupid to not include your, your big hitters that are going to bring in people. Um, they it would be more... very dumb on their yeah. part, and but also would align with whatever dumb things that they did the past <laughs> recent things, which you're like, why? See, you have been a savage this whole podcast, and I'm feeling it. <laughs> okay. The boo uh, so, headband is making her feel feisty. By the way, I just, see. by the way, Gerald, Gabe just popped up on chat saying, I just came in, but whatever Gerald's saying, I don't agree with. Of course he doesn't, <laughs> and that's why he's not here tonight. And Marissa um, and Jarrell are having, I'm sorry, Marissa and Gabe are, are, have, are having it out on chat, but you can continue. <laughs> Uh, So Cartoon Network, they came out with a tweet and they said, y'all, we are not dead. We're just turning 30 to our fans. We're not going anywhere. We've been and will always be your home for beloved, innovative cartoons. More to come soon. We talked last week about Cartoon Network disappearing. 
Um, sounds like the, a company that's disappearing. That's where I was going to go with this. We talked about uh, 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 Cartoon Network disappearing and not being the same place that it was because of uh, the Warner Bros. merger. Um, and they came out and they're like, none of that's happening. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay the same uh, the same company that you know and love. Um, Famous I, last words. No, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Um, oh, man. It, it, it's just so tragic. It's just so tragic because Cartoon Network used to be like, I would argue like the leader of like cartoons back in the 2000s, man. Holy crap! 100%. The amount of the amount of good cartoons that they had, man. Like I was I was in Cartoon Network all day. I'm not gonna lie. Like Nickelodeon had some good stuff, but Cartoon Network was where you went at to go get your fixing of cartoons. And I I, I feel like just over the years they have made like some dumb decisions with like the programming, man. And and you know, oh it's showing now. brother. We can't, we don't have time to go into what you're talking about right now, but we need to talk about what you think is bad programming on Cartoon Network because I specifically spoke about all the good recent programming that they have. Like, how recent are we talking? Because, like, in the in the 2010s, man, like, middle 2010s, like, everything started going south for Cartoon Network, man. Like, uh, a bunch of, I mean, Adventure oh, Time might be, like, one of the... That's what I was gonna Saving say. Hold crisis. up, Revenge of Time regular like, show was 2010s. That was also Looney. That's why I'm like, sir, like, what are you what? talking about, <laughs> bro? Bro, but you're gonna tell me that. Hold on, 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 hold on. We don't have time to go into this conversation. So yeah, finish okay. your point. I mean, I'm just gonna say an example, like the Baby Teen Titans. You, you're gonna tell me that's a good show, man? Like, yes, I am. Sure. So since you want to oh. continue this this vein of conversation, yes, I am because it, it is very meta and it has some very funny, very educational episodes. Um, anyway, I'll move on from here Moving because on. we're gonna we're gonna argue about that one. Um, I think <laughs> I, I I think I had some more things to talk about, but because I'm running out of time, I'll just go ahead and talk about um, uh, uh, Bayonetta. Yeah, let's get um, it. I can I can do legal oof. speak. I can do legal talk now. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, uh, it is up to you. Um, so I, I plan when when I wanted to talk about this, I specifically wanted to tailor the conversation to um, voice actors and uh, pay rights and unions, as opposed to what has been said. However, I will do a brief overview of what has been said. However, if you guys want to um, talk about what has been said. Feel free, although I did want to veer away from, you know, accusing anyone of anything on this podcast, because we're not going to be doing that. Um, but before I talk about this, I completely, there, there is, <sighs> okay, yeah, so before I talk about this, because I, I almost forgot, and I have to bring this up, like, it, it, I have to bring this up, um, two things, one, it's three things, rather three things. One is the Callista Protocol. They had a tweet that said, we would love to inform you all that we will be shipping globally on December 2nd, and yes, we will have 60 frames per second performance mode. The reason that I wanted to bring this up is because anyone who knows anything about Batman, that new Batman game, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Gotham Knights. Thank you. Gotham Knights famously came out and said, or they didn't say, it was (laughs) it was revealed that their game would only run at 30 frames per second and people had a lot of issues with it, so the Callista Protocol came out with a tweet that said, yes, we will have 60 frames per second at performance mode. Um, very briefly, if anybody wants to talk about this, I I only want to say that I think that people are overreacting because 
a lot of times you probably can't even tell the difference between 30 and 60 frames per second depending on the game that you're playing. So I do think people are overreacting from this. That's the only thing I want to say on that. Um, however, I also think it's disappointing that you don't have the option for 60 frames per second in 2020 with a PS5 and Series X. Um, anybody want to jump in on that really quick? Or No, I pretty much agree with everything you said. It is disappointing, but it doesn't matter too much to me. <laughs> Yes, uh, The Sims 5 is a long way away, but it has been announced. Uh, it is not called The Sims 5, it's called Project Renee, but we all know it's The Sims 5. Yeah. Um, they did show off some really cool, fun stuff from that, so you should definitely check it out if you have not. And I think the only other thing that I'm going to say about this before I move on to uh, the Bayonetta situation is... Cassante is the League of Legends first black LGBTQ champion confirmed by the voice actor i wish i had more time to talk about how exciting this is because um as exciting as having a trans character in your game is having a black lgbt male character um at the forefront of your game as well um i can't think of another game that has a gay black character in it currently um so yeah that, that's also wonderful to, to to see um and i wish i had more time to talk about it but i don't we could just talk about it now. No, 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 because we have like 10 minutes and lots of Bayonetta. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, uh, titular topic, because I'm sure we're going to name this after Bayonetta somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, the main voice actress who's been voicing Bayonetta since 2009, I believe. Yes. Um, Taylor, what's her name? Taylor? Taylor? Helena Taylor. Helena Taylor. Thank you. Helena Taylor. Um, she broke an NDA to come out and say that she was offered $4,000 to record all of Bayonetta 3. Um, she said that she spoke to the director who... Uh, sent her, uh, excuse me, sent her a message um, saying that he, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, saying that he loved her performance and what she did, and he offered her then $4,000, which uh, assumes that the original offer was less than $4,000. Um, Jason Schreier and a few other people, well, before that, a lot of other prolific voice actors came out and said that is ridiculous. Um, they couldn't believe that that was all that she was being offered, and this is also um, under the understanding that this is the third game in a uh, popular and successful franchise um, and that it was uh, completely unacceptable. And she also asked for people to boycott the game and donate the money to charity instead. Um, and then uh, uh, it was also previously announced that Jennifer Hale would be voicing Bayonetta uh, in Bayonetta 3 and possibly going forward. And um, she has not uh, officially well, she did have an official statement, but I'll, I'll, I'll actually get to that in a second. Um, it was then reported by Jason Trier and some others that uh, uh, Taylor was actually offered uh, three to $4,000 for at least five sessions, which would um, be between fifteen dollars to $20,000 for her voice work for uh, Bayonetta 3, and that is without other residuals, um, which she supposedly then asked for residuals um, and a six-figure salary, so $100,000 at least for um, then voicing Bayonetta. She came out and said, that is a lie, and that is Platinum Games trying to save their asses. Um, she also said that she wants to put this all behind her and continue her career in theater was also what she said as well too she just wants to put mm -hmm. everything behind um go keep going sorry 
she was, uh, as mentioned, she was offered at least $15,000 for her work on Bayonetta 3, according to Jason Schreier and the people that he spoke to. Um, and I am looking for it right now because Jennifer Hale did come out and say, well, she didn't say much. She did put out a statement, however, she because put... she, uh, go ahead. Oh, she put it out a quick statement saying she can't talk about it because she's under NDA. However, um, please, please be aware that there are other people working on this title as well too it like it took a team of like hard workers to finish this title something along those lines um i'm pretty yeah. i think Cheryl might have found the statement by now i would hope no no, no. i mean you you you've done a great job at, at paraphrasing it so i don't have to read it yes that's essentially oh. what she said she can't say much because she's under nda um but however please uh, she also did go on to mention that um you know anyone who knows her knows her uh, personality and knows that she that this is you know something that's very dear to her because there were also people that were bringing up um the fact that she had uh, in a book she posted that mm -hmm. um you should not take over uh, other characters that have been parts of franchises as a voice actor as well mm -hmm. so people were trying to use that against her however um, once again she she did mention she's under the NDA and there are things that she can't talk about um, but what I specifically wanted to talk about and you guys can expand if you'd like but what I specifically wanted to talk about was uh, what this conversation brings up and what that brings up is uh, voice actors unions and how underpaid they are we've had a conversation previously Previously, where I learned, thanks to Brandon, um, that uh, anime voice actors are getting paid absolutely nothing. Um, where where the the performances um, that they're doing are making you know millions of dollars from the product. Um, so when you guys heard the story and you heard the uh, the original uh, pitch, I think for me. What surprised me and shocked me the most about this entire story is that I believed that she was only offered $4,000. And the reason that I could believe that she was offered only $4,000 um, uh, was because I understand that uh, voice acting is such a, a difficult um, uh, career choice because they're so often underpaid. Uh, and I think that's what happened to a lot of people. It was um, it was shocking, but it was believable because we have this notion of voice actors being underpaid a lot of times for the work that they've um, that they've been able to put in. Um, that's all I will say about the situation. It, oh, I was going to say it's also Take very believable because um, on Twitter people found out the SAG AFTRA. Um, union rates and so with based on what she has said previously and whatnot um, I think she said previously in a bit like some old Bayonetta video that she did was that it took her four days to record the Bayonetta uh, lines for the first game and each session is four hours so she said essentially she took 16 hours to record the entire um, the entire game for the first Bayonetta game under and union rates, um, one session is considered four hours, and they're paid about nine hundred something dollars. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, technically, she still has union rates under that. So they're like, it's technic, yes, it's underpaid for what she, the work she does. However, it's believable because of those is the union rate. Um, oh, you were going to say something, Jarrell? Uh, I was just going to say, I, b I believe that I had um, read the math on that after that was released. And uh, the $4,000, I think, would have been like uh, three or four sessions. 
Um, I, I don't remember, but yeah, I think four thousand. Three or four three or sessions. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which then makes it almost believable because, you know, if you're offering $4,000 for three or four sessions and it would have taken her, you know, I think it obviously would have taken her more because, you mm-hmm. know, um, the, the as, as sequels and prequels go, there's going to be more story and more things to say. Um, but if she could have done it in the same way that she did the first Bayonetta, then yeah, it would be very believable that she would um, get that amount of money. That's all I was going to say. And then after that, people on Twitter, they found out, well, there are other voice actors who are coming back reprising their roles who are in the same union as uh, Taylor, such oh. as Hale. And I feel some other pe- some others as well, too, like, well-known that are in the same union. And so people, they were like, this is kind of odd. If she was only being offered 4000 flat, like, why would Platinum Games go out to hire Hale, who, yeah, right. Why would they go and hire Hale, who is much more expensive compared to Taylor? Um, There's just a lot of questions and people, they were like, well, this sounds a bit off because they're like, well, it's, right now they're using all union voice actors. Why is she saying that this is, why is she saying something completely different? Like, there's something more to the story. And so I think people some people they were like withholding judgment kind of waiting to see and then over the weekend things got nasty on twitter where people started to sling mud on hail people were trying to they were doing like twitter searches going through politics there were some prominent voice actors coming out on twitter saying hey this is not who jennifer hale is like she's she does her due diligence before taking on roles more than likely she wasn't informed of it or you know taylor might have misunderstood because you know she doesn't have a lot of voice acting credits on her so maybe she doesn't understand that this is kind of good unfortunately the going rate for voice actors um it wasn't until the bloomberg article popped out that people were like oh Oh, and another really, really thanks. Another really, really interesting thing that I've loved that has come out from this is the open discussion on how much voice actors are getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. The voice of Rivali, whose name I can't remember, the voice of Rivali in Breath of the Wild. Sean, yeah, he came out with a tweet and he mentioned that he did a, another part, which I also can't remember currently, um, outside of Breath of the Wild, and he was given um, uh, royalties for that. So he's That's made more. Oh, mm-hmm. was it de- oh, the, the movie? Yes, action, it was Detective yes. Pikachu. P- he's made more money from the live action Detective Pikachu currently than he did for voicing two characters in Breath of the Wild, which is so interesting because obviously Nintendo ain't gonna give y'all royalties for these parts. Come on, it's yeah. Nintendo. Um, but to me, it's the never most heard interesting. Of in yeah, and so to me, the most interesting part about all of this has just been opening up and learning about, you know, what goes into um, these parts and how much money goes into voice acting. Because, you know, if you're not in a union or if you're not within the industry, it, it's we we don't know. We just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's akin to when we found out how much money PlayStation and Xbox are spending to get these games on uh, Game Pass and uh, PlayStation Plus, which is a lot more than I thought they would have been paying. Honestly, I had no idea they were spending that much money on getting these in uh but yeah that it's just been uh very eye-opening i personally um don't want to say anything about anybody on this because i don't care uh like to say any i don't well rather i don't care to say anything i just want to see hale's performance as um bayonetta i think it's very disappointing overall honestly not to have hale there but to um have you someone taylor? replace a huh you nah, mean taylor yeah. Because... No, 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 no. I don't think it's disappointing to have Hale 
in Bayonetta. Oh, okay. You're like, okay. like he's not upset about it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not upset about having her there because she's a a, a very great prolific voice actress. Like her specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. However, I am saddened by a character that is very iconic, and I have to give you know Taylor her her due for creating such a iconic character with the voice that she has given Bayonetta. Um, whether you uh, believe her or not, or whether you like what she's had to say or not, Bayonetta's voice is iconic, and it is a part of the character, mm-hmm. um, 100%. Uh, I... And from Smash Bros. to Bayonetta, to, this, uh, to Bayonetta 2, and like any promotional stuff we've seen over the years since 2009, she's really developed and created uh, a personality for Bayonetta based on her performance. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it is going to be very um, sad to not have the character uh, voiced by the same person. However, I... I'm not sad that it's Jennifer Hale. I also think it's very interesting that after negotiations broke down, um, Platinum Games, su- allegedly, supposedly, you always have to say that, legally, whatever. Anyway, supposedly, Platinum Games threw um, Taylor one last final offer of $4,000 to Cameo mm-hmm. in Bayonetta 3. And so people, it's been this huge thing and whatnot now. So people are like, well, after the Bloomberg article, everything is in Taylor's court, unfortunately. And if she wants to disprove it, she can just... I mean, she already broke her NDA. Might as well yeah, just leave Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, she's already and, come out and revealed details. So, like, to try to stick around an NDA that's already broken and that uh, you're going to face legal consequences around, I don't think makes a lot of sense. But, you know, to each thing, I suppose. I mean, right now, she just says, I just want to put it behind me. So people are now, like, that was kind of sus. But, you know... I just hope that this continues the discussion that uh, VAs are pretty much underpaid for all the work that they do. And even their union con, you know, under union rates, it's still not the greatest either. There could still be more movement there. So maybe in the future, they'll get residuals. I I also want to say that I, I personally am a fan of, um, Taylor's performance as Bayonetta, which I've already mentioned, but I'm also a fan of not having the, and I I, I love Jennifer Hale, so I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but I'm also a fan of not having the same voice actors and actresses do everything in media. Um, And and Jennifer Hale is very popular, and there's a reason she's popular, it's because she's really, really good at her job, but uh, sometimes giving new breath to a character means finding someone outside of that. And of course, you know, she had to audition, and she got the part because she was so good at her audition, so this is not a slight against her. However, um, it is, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh my god, I wish more people had more opportunities to voice more characters instead of picking, you know, the same <laughs> people. However, I understand that you do want to pick someone who is who is uh who has proven their worth for a title like Bayonetta 3. So it's 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 uh, sad. Uh, but yeah, uh Brandon or George, anything you guys want to say on this story? Yeah, I got a few things to say about this story because I've been like following it pretty closely. Um yeah, I saw the first message when it came out on Sunday. I watched the whole tweet, and the whole thing was the whole the, my my exact thought after I had read all three parts of this story was, "Who I gotta process this?" Because it was a, like a swirl of emotions to like find out about this. Because obviously, um, it brought up uh, obviously brought up the point of like the pay disparity in voice actors. Um, 
like I mentioned last podcast, anime voice actors get it the worst. To the point where Joe Zija, the guy who voices Claude Von Regan, doesn't do anime anymore because the pay is awful. So he only does video games and some animated shows. But also you can damage your vocal cord as well, too. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah, you get paid trash and you'll break your voice. Yeah, and then after that, you're pretty much out of work. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, getting back. Um, no, like so when I was when I watched stories and I had molded. This is mind you, this is my mindset before the Jason Schreier article and Bloomberg article came out. My mindset about the whole thing before we got that information was simply that obviously. It was horrible what they did at Lennon Again, pre-Plumberg article. It was horrible what they did, that they lowballed her this badly. And it is what was 100%, obviously wasn't her legal right, but it was her, her moral right to speak out against that injustice, to slide against her and encourage people to boycott the game because of the injustice that she felt that she was. She felt slighted. And so she made that impassioned message as a result of that. Um, but I have two issues with that. One, the more of a minor issue is the fact that because she wasn't able to reprise her role for good reason, again, as far as we knew at the time, um, that she was telling people what to do with their money. And that's something I'm honestly never a fan of, people telling, dictating how pe- how people spend their their, their money, um, you know, to donate the money with to charity instead of playing a game. I'm just, I've just never been a fan of that because people have to make that decision for themselves. And again, it's a team of people the making this game and that of course would affect them negatively but the second one which is the way more pressing issue in my opinion was that in that video she basically like the reason why people were are attacking jennifer hale um was because helena taylor basically accused her of being a backstabber in that video and i took major offense to that because even before jennifer hale made that statement her her work and her and her um, camaraderie she has with other voice actors speak for herself that she's not that kind of person that would just go behind the scenes and just like backstab someone and just take their role. Mm-hmm. Moreover, and this, I'm just gonna be quite clear about this: no actor, voice actor or otherwise, owns their character. The character is owned by the one that creates that character. The actors are meant to just give life to the characters and really complete mm-hmm. them. So for her to be so bold as to suggest that she owns Bayonetta, no one else can be Bayonetta, was what made me very upset, if I'm being quite frank, that Jennifer Hale is a backstabber and that she has no right to take this character. You refuse this character's role and that you just say that no one else gets to do it? That's bullshit. That's honestly bullshit. So then, now we get the other information that, you know, that has come out since then with the Bloomberg article. And the fact that now it's essentially disproving everything that has been said on her on her part. And the most unfortunate thing about all of this is because now we have this very, very real issue about pay disparity when it comes to voice actors. That is a real issue. But now so many people are going to ignore and sidestep this issue because now it's based on a false premise, potentially. And that's the worst part about it because it's a conversation that does need to happen. There are some voice actors that are getting really fucked in this industry and it really needs to be addressed. But now people are just going to point to this, this issue that someone may or may not have lied about this whole situation and it's just going to derail the conversation. I know there's a lot of people out there that are trying to make sure it stays on track and make sure that people are still talking about it because it is something that needs to be talked about. But... When you build something upon a lie, it's going to crumble like a tower of cards, unfortunate to say. And that's another unfortunate thing about it. So this is based on two premises. One, that regardless of how 
Helena Taylor, whether or not she was telling the truth or not, that she's accusing someone of being a backstabber and taking a character that's hers. Again, don't agree with that at all. And the fact that this false pretense is what's causing this conversation is going to make it crumble. It's a very unfortunate situation, and it's caused a lot of people to, like, you know, question whether or not... Now Bayonetta 3 has become a murky thing. I think, ultimately, it's going to do better because now more people are talking about it than ever before. Like, this kind of press is just going to, I think, ultimately going to make the game so well. Let's look at Sword and Shield. People who are talking about boycotting that game because we didn't get that national decks. It's the best-selling game in the franchise. So, Bayonetta... Well, technically, isn't this, like, in the top ten of Amazon? Like, it yeah! actually broke the top ten of Amazon just oh, because... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taylor's mm-hmm. videos and yeah. then so other stuff. So we're already seeing it. So we've already seen it. The attention is now on Bayonetta 3. More than all the marketing that has been done in the last few years uh, by both Platinum Games and Nintendo, for better or for worse. And that's just... It's unfortunate, but like that's kind of like where the situation is going. I'm just... I, I get I get inflamed when people say that because I did the role, no one else gets to. Like, that's the thing that the voice, the current voice actors for Ash dealt with that for a lot many years harassment for years because of um, statements that Veronica Taylor, the original voice actress for Ash, made. She's never said anything negative towards the current voice actress, to be clear. But Veronica Taylor has suggested many times that she's the that she is the one and only Ash, and that has of course unfortunately given criticism to Sarah Natsuchini, who currently voices Ash, who has now at this point been doing it almost twice as long as Veronica Taylor, by the way. So it's. I don't like when we have these like these active rivalries. Like they're all trying to like work and make these characters come to life. They should not be coming after each other just because like you know it's business. It's ne- it's never like you know she got recasted and someone else. That was not a decision that she made. She was uh, she auditioned for role and she took it. So she should be congratulating her and she does. But also suggesting that she should still be her. You know, and it, it's not right. Granted, <laughs> I think. Uh, granted, I was going to say, I think Platinum didn't really tell Hale the full story either. So Hale was right, kind of in murky too. waters as well, too. So mm-hmm. I think the one thing I didn't like about the video was her essentially attacking Hale, or Taylor essentially attacking Hale yes. in a way. This was a very direct, um, this felt like a pretty and, direct attack, honestly. And a lot of people, I know that there were some people on the internet, they didn't really like that. So then they just wanted to hold back and kind of wait and see what happens um i know that for me personally there were still lots of questions especially when you know that taylor is in the same union as hale and others that she during that entire conversation she really did not mention anything about her union and i assume that for union members um for any kind of like pay disputes and whatnot or for contract disputes you would have to go to your union first is that something that you usually do? Is that you go to your union first to handle yes, all that? Yes, you would. Um, essentially, yes, you would go to your union to handle it for you. So, I there's just some things that it was more of like, let's wait and see what happens, first and foremost, which you're like, well, for me personally, I was like, historically, the video game voice acting pay is horrible whatnot we've already covered that so i was like it's believable that yeah they would offer her four thousand for that which i was of two thoughts and i did discuss this with drill um i think over the weekend one they purposely lowballed her because they didn't want her back um 
or that there was something misunderstood along the way that we did not know. Can confirm so, that is what she said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now that the Bloomberg article came out, it's it's just been wild. And honestly, with her breaking NDA, I'm more worried about her, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah, the legal with her calling NDA. the boycott. The storm is coming. Because with, I mean, they probably won't do anything for a few weeks until later. But the fact that she legitimately called for a boycott, yeah, that broken so, day and 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 this and 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 uh, the, so, the game. Like, like she, yeah, like the fact that it's that it's in the top ten for Amazon. I think she's going to be safe. To be honest. Okay. All right, but, um, George, oh, go I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you um, go ahead and say Sorry. your piece, and then I have so to just, respond to Brandon, and then we're going to end it. Right. So I, I think just a couple of points for me. So for for one, the fact that she decides to approach this by criticizing a fellow voice actor instead of just addressing the issue at hand, which is I'm not getting paid. I think speaks volumes about the person in general, you know, and, and just the way that they... Um, approach situations and the way that she decided to handle this you know it could have been just a matter of look i'm getting underpaid i feel like i should be getting paid more so let me go get the bag but don't go and try to bring down someone else who you know is a little more prestigious in the field wow. or, um, trying to kind of justify the point that hey like i'm the only one that should be doing this because i've been entitled to it for two titles i like brandon said i don't think that anyone is really going to be guaranteed a character for you to voice act the same thing happened with mortal kombat when the voice actor for scorpio got cut off and there was like a little bit of, a, of an uprising from the voice actor saying hey like why I, I wasn't even notified that i got cut off and someone else is going to voice scorpio and there was a little bit of a turmoil there, but at the end of the day, Mortal Kombat 11 ended up moving copies, you know? So in general, I think these kinds of issues just help with bringing traffic over to a title. I don't think that um, people are going to boycott something just because they're told to do so. So I, I think I, I concur with Brandon on on the initiative that, hey, the way that the way she handled the whole situation was not to her favor. And two, which is the thing that... Um, uh, has been already generalized, but hey, breaking an NDA is not light. You know, the fact that she came out and kind of talked about this breaking NDA guide the protocol is, uh, I mean, regardless of whether the title that's good or not, I feel like that would be her main concern is how do you handle the um, legal storm that's coming your way? Because breaking an NDA is taken very seriously, and um, especially in U.S. territory. So I, I think if I was her, I would be more concerned about how do you handle the legal action that is most likely going to be coming your way um you know um if there's already a union like, like, like you said Jarrell, um you go to your union and you kind of try to address the issue with them because they're technically the representative that goes and talks with the company that is hiring you to do the job i mean and where i work at it's the same thing you know with the diesel workers union where you would go to your union representative and and have them address this you know uh, um as a sort of thing um, so I, I think those are my only two pointers on this. Honestly, I, I don't think it'll change much with Bayonetta 3. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't going to say any of this, but because you guys have brought up those specific points about her video, I will now say all the things I was not going to say, um, which the reason I didn't want to say any of this. No, no, no. It, it, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. The reason I didn't want to say any of this is because there are still two sides to the story and we have even though she even though taylor presented her side technically there's three 
sure. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Taylor I'm presented her draft. side. No, no, you're right. You're right. Even though Taylor presented her side, I think that because people are so upset with her and what she said, they're not really seeing her point of view. And so now I'm going to talk about how I, I can see her point of view, which is if I have been voicing, if I put myself in her shoes, I've done the audition and I've been voicing this character since 2009, I will be a little upset and a little inflamed to understand that I have been replaced by someone that I know is going to be paid more money than I would have even though I helped create this character. Now, does she own the character? No. Is she the reason that Bayonetta is the way Bayonetta is? Partially, yes. She did bring that character to life, so you cannot take that away from her, number one. Number two, I will tell a very quick story about, um, there was, I don't remember the name of the movie, um, but there was a movie where this black woman was being approached to be a part of this film. They lowballed her for the amount of money that they were offering her. She turned down that offer. They then went to someone else, uh, another black actress. She called the original actress, who she knew was a part of that movie, asked her what happened. That actress said, hey, they lowballed me. I can't take this. I literally cannot, like take this because it's not a fair deal and you know what that next actress did she also turned it down and she called her other friends who she knew they would ask and they all also turned it down and you know what happened at the end of that story the original actress who they lowballed then got paid what she asked for because they all worked together to get her that job now if i am taylor and i have been doing this for this many years Everyone knows that I've been doing this for this many years. And 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 also, I don't want to discredit her because even though she has not been doing voice acting, she has been in theater. She does have her accolades. So you can't just say that just because she's not a voice actress, like she doesn't have, you know, any any type of reputation because she does. Even if it's not in video even if it's not in the video game industry, I mean, she lists she goes on and lists her, you know, her education, her pedigree, mm. which is worth what is going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. She has the credit for that. Right. So you can't say that she's not like she's not uh, prestigious enough to have this role, like period, because she's already had the role. Um, if I was her and I, I turn down an offer and, and negotiations aren't working and then I find out that they've replaced me with someone that I know they've already paid more for just because of who Hale is and just because she is uh, prolific for that. And we don't know. That's the reason I said I didn't want to talk about this because we don't know. I don't know if Hale reached out to her. I have no idea. You guys don't know. None of us know. No, and we won't right. know. Um, if if Jennifer Hale did not reach out to her and she found out that she was being replaced by someone that everyone else says, oh yeah, she's really nice. We know her. She's really wonderful. She would never do this. If I'm Taylor, why did she do this to me? This could have been a very different situation. They could have worked together to get Taylor more money for the offer. They could have, she could have contacted her and been like, okay, you know, I, I've been contacted about this part. I know that you've been playing this part since 2009. What happened? Why is it that you're not accepting this role? Or, or and, and we don't know what Platinum said. Like Christy mentioned, it could have been a misunderstanding. Platinum could have easily told um, Jennifer Hale that there were there was rumors going around that it was. Uh, they told her that it was scheduling conflicts. Did Jennifer Actually, Hale reach out to mm-hmm. Platinum? Platinum. They said it was overlapping circumstances that caused for Taylor not to return to voice Bayonetta. 
And then what um, we don't know is, did Jennifer Hale reach out to Taylor and ask her what the issue was? We have no idea. So for Hale, I mean, for Taylor, it literally could have been, hey, I'm in negotiations for this. I can't, like, this is unacceptable. I don't agree with this amount of money. Oh, I've just been replaced by someone who didn't even reach out to me, who has no no idea mm-hmm. how much time and effort I've put into this character. And because I personally don't know any of what happened, I haven't wanted to specifically say anything that you guys said uh because it could Sorry. very well be every- no 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 it's fine you it's totally fine it could very well be everything that you guys said right she had no right to say that you know no one should no one else should do this character because i've had this character i'm sure she just said it because she was upset right like um it, it, there's just so many factors because everything that i said could be true to uh uh taylor's perspective right and if it there's- is then she's going to feel slighted by what happened, especially by someone who um, essentially could be in the same union as her, who maybe didn't even contact her to be like, hey, especially because people have said that Hale is someone who has has spoken about not accepting roles from other people um, that have been prolific in that role before without contacting them first. So because we don't, I'm, I'm not saying that any of this happened. I'm saying we don't know. Um, and because we don't know, I can understand why the video that she posted came out the way that it did. D- am I saying that I agree with her? Not at all, right? Like, she could have easily not asked people to boycott. But at the end of the day, I also have to think, if this is happening to me and I feel like I'm being pushed out for X or Y reason, and I'm already going out on this, this like, bend, what can I ask people to do to support me? How far can but, I go? But and, at the same time, you the... Do that, I think when you do that, then sure, I can see how she came to the the subject of, hey, I want to ask everyone to boycott this with me because this is just not fair. I can understand how you go from point A to point B. Go ahead. But does does that still justify her breaking an NDA and basically- I didn't say anything about the NDA. He did not no, say anything about the NDA. No, I understand, but that's what I'm saying. Like if, I mean, I, I think I see your point on all of it, you know, like we don't know both sides I, I think that with every single argument when you're like in the middle party you never fully understand the full context of what constitutes to an argument you know everyone is going to try to present the facts that is going to make them look in the best light possible that's just human nature but in this case if you know that you're under an nda does it justify for you to break something that is as crucial and as serious as that to come if out and basically have, I... again if you're looking at it from her perspective she's been pushed out she's been kicked out someone else has taken a job that she's had since 2009 and they're getting paid more when all she asked for as far as we know was more money so what do i have to lose i don't give a shit at this point yes i'm gonna break the nda because this isn't fair to me it's not fair to me it's not fair to hale who just took this part from me without reaching out to me supposedly because once again we don't know i have nothing else to lose i have nothing else to lose i'm not prolific in the you know voice acting video game department this isn't my main thing my main thing is theater so fuck you guys this isn't fair to me i'm gonna break this nda because i want everybody to know that i've been treated like shit and i've been offered four thousand dollars for something that anyone else would have been offered more money for now obviously we are i i'm under the understanding that that part is not true. And I don't know how much of this is true because I haven't read the Bloomberg article. So I'm going to say that the Bloomberg article still has some questions here and there. It seems to have answered most of, um, most of people's questions. However, there's still some things that once you read between the lines, you're like, well, we can see that some parts can still be misconstrued. 
So we still don't have the full truth as of yet. We have most of the parts. We have like most of the key parts where we're like, well, essentially Taylor might have Taylor uh, may have misled some people. Um yeah, it also details it also details that Platinum Games they truly, truly, truly wanted her back. Like I don't know what happened during negotiations. They don't know what happened during negotiations, but the fact that after Taylor basically said no to the role that they offered her a cameo mm-hmm. where they said it would be a one session recording. We'll pay, we'll pay you a flat fee of $4,000 for this one session. Mm-hmm. And then also if you're once again, if you're looking at it from her perspective, I don't get the job. You replace me. And then you want me to come back for a cameo session after you didn't give me yeah, the job. That has been that my that's understandable. Yeah, Like that's, of course that's, I don't want to do that's this. Yeah, that's, sure. yeah, that, that, that's oh, understandable. Totally 100%. And then it's also just oh. like, and I make all of this just to, and, and I, I don't, ne- I, I'm saying this, not saying that I necessarily agree with everything that I'm saying. However, I, I, I just want to say that I do understand how she could have gotten to this point. So I don't think that beating her up for getting to this point is the issue because um, I don't know how much money she was offered, right? If, it, if she was offered, you know, $25,000, dollars $40,000 for the role, I don't know if that's something that she would accept after having played the same character since 2009. I don't know what, you know, she talked to her union about. I don't know if this all could have been different had Jennifer Hale reached out to her, right? Like, let's say I Jennifer think... Hale understood that she's had this part let me call her and see what happened what might have changed i don't know if jennifer hale did reach out to her and she was just like no fuck you and then jennifer I, hale was like yeah fuck you and i took the part you know we I don't think know. it's um also interesting that in the bloomberg article i think the sources they did they did state that platinum they were aware that taylor was having some depressive episodes as well too she mentioned something uh, akin to that in her videos too. Like, uh, yeah, uh, the they were yeah. well aware of that during negotiations. And I think, so I don't know what essentially happened during negotiations. Um, however, there are some other um, journalists who did state that th- their sources can confirm that she was offered at least $15,000 for to return to the role. And that, um, when she outright rejected everything and said that she doesn't want to partake in the project anymore, that's when they came back and offered her, hey, we would still want you to be part of the game. Mm-hmm. Can you, would you like to do a cameo for 4000 Yeah. And once again, you know, if you feel slighted by not getting the job originally, of course you don't want to come back. And also, if mm-hmm. you feel slighted about the pay that you're receiving for a job that you've done a damn good job at and you have the accolades to prove it, of course you're going to be a little upset depending on if you, you know, I don't know if $40,000 to her was not enough for doing I think... X amount of lines for a third game in the franchise. Apparently I... we know that to her it wasn't. And I am I... I can't say that that's right or wrong. I think it all just comes back to the fact that voice actors are just not being paid where they should be paid. Yeah, because we also don't know how much Jennifer Hale's getting paid for this. What if they're paying her 
eighty thousand dollars for the for the role because she's more prolific, right? Like that could right. be that could easily be something. So if I was Taylor and I found out that this lady's getting paid double what I like asked for or what they offered me, of course, once again, I'm gonna be upset. Um, so that's why I was like, I just want to talk about you know the the overarching issue. But I, I totally, I said also that I'm totally okay with you guys diving into it because I think Brandon and George, a lot of people felt exactly how you guys felt, and I think that is completely justified. Of course, when you see this video, um and you have someone attacking someone else of course it's going to look that way um well, and of course it's if you're a big fan of the game um it, you know, yeah if you're exactly. as big of a fan think, it, it does hurt a lot i think some people who were big fans when she threw out the fact that bayonetta i from games only made 450 million dollars a lot of like major fans who followed the game they're like as a franchise as a whole that yeah bayonetta probably makes that much money but from sales of the first two games it's not much Especially I when mean, they had to get Nintendo to to even fund two's existence. To fund two, yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's time for us. It's the witching hour. Ah, uh, there we go. That's a good one. That's a, that's a very good one. It's very uh, season appropriate. I must say. <laughs> And Bayonetta appropriate. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes. I didn't even think about that, that aspect. Of honestly, that. that's where I thought. I was like, oh, wow, what a great Bayonetta I guess. I guess that means we're going to hit the climax. <laughs> that's a reference for you Bayonetta fans. <laughs> and yeah, with that, I think um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, it's been a wonderful time, a little bit long, but wonderful time. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, George. And uh, George, before we go, um, can you tell the listeners where they can find you at? Sure. Um, all my social media is at um, McMuffins23. So um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, Twitter, McMuffins23. Uh, the only one that's different is the Twitter where it has an underscore at the end because someone took my name and they're not even active on the on the platform. Wow. Uh, just, yeah, Y'all see it, how he said somebody took his name? Yeah. Do you know who he is yeah. right now? Uh, he or she i don't i don't know but no 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 i, I mean you does everyone know who you are right now somebody took your name it was your name and your someone name took my name wow wow he, he he taught he was just talking crap about taylor and now he's like it was mine no one can have it wow. i'm breaking the nda here we go no um <laughs> So, so those are all my socials. My Twitch is McMuffins23 if you guys would like to go and uh, check out the content. Um, we go live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays generally, although we do switch around here and there based on need. But, um, yeah, that's where you guys can find me at. And um, thanks for having me, guys. This was an absolutely fun and productive conversation, honestly. Oh, great. Was, you answered my next question. Was I was time. just going to ask, you know, how you felt about being on the podcast, but I see you had a good time. I'm happy to hear yeah, it. Yeah, this was a good time, you know, because I, I like talking about these kinds of things and diving into detail. So um, thanks for having me, guys. No, thank you so much for coming. I, I like talking about the opposite thing that everybody's talking about because it holds for great conversation. So double that. Exactly. Right. Um, and with that, we are out of here. So good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, chat. Good night, everyone. <laughs>